time for the Susan Taylor Podcast, where we discuss the yoga of mind, medicine, and healing. Author of Feeling Good Matters, Sexual Radiance, and the Vital Energy Program, Dr. Taylor imparts authentic knowledge and practical tools that inspire, educate, and empower us to be a healing force for positive change. So join us and take your life and our planet to the next level. Hello and welcome to episode 99, Seven Codes to Reprogram Your Thinking. Are we completely at the mercy of our mind? Well, I have to say yes we are, because the energy of our mind is the essence of our life. But keep in mind we have the ability to clean out what we don't want in our mind and bring in the new. For this to happen, we need to explore our own mind field and face what we see and that we can know that we can take out what's causing the havoc. For relaxation to occur, we must reprogram what's causing the opposite effect in our own minds. In today's episode, I'll be talking about how our mind gets programmed, what we can do about it, and seven codes to reprogram thinking patterns. Our attitude towards life depends on our mind, as I just mentioned. An unstable and self-righteous mind does lead to continual conflict, leading to stress and unhappiness. And an expansive, clear mind leads to harmony in our day-to-day interactions, resulting in good relationships with ourselves, others, and the environment. And this leads to total relaxation and happiness because the mind is in balance. It's balanced and content. I've outlined seven codes to follow to begin writing a new program for a happy and radiant mind. Our mental program is the result of environmental interaction since our birth. We can work with this, but to root up deep impressions, we need to really explore meditation. We can start with consciously developing attitudes towards life, but ultimately we have to develop the skill of meditation. But I've listed here a few suggestions that might be helpful in developing more positive and nourishing experiences in life. They will support a relaxed mind while allowing you to still live the lifestyle that you're comfortable with. The first is to accept people as yourself, as is. Just accept everything as is. Meaning it is the what it is. Strengths and weaknesses, it doesn't matter because once you acknowledge these, we become less judgmental. Try to view interactions by keeping in mind where you are and others keep in mind where they are with regard to our mental or their mental programming. You know, everyone acts in accordance to their mental programming. And if behaviors are different from yours, it's because there are different programs installed, almost like a computer, right? It sounds like a computer, different program gives you a different result. So focus on your own strengths, and as you accept your deficiencies and strengths, you'll start to see others in a new light. Remember, we're all the same except for our habits, and I'm referring here to habits of our mind, our programming. So the first was to accept people as yourself and yourself as is. The second is to be aware of your responses and pay attention to whether you react or not that defensiveness. We have to look at that. Take a look at what it is that you want. And when you find yourself reacting, you can step back and say, wait a minute, I have to really look at what it is that I want. 
When we learn to not depend on outside things for our happiness, our outside desires of wanting, we become less reactive. Our relationships, no matter how deep, serve as that reflection of our own being. So that's why it's so important that we have relationships with ourselves and with others because it reflects our own being. So pay attention and look at the world and the people as your teacher. So be aware of those responses and pay attention to whether you respond or react. The third is to check in with your habits of desire. What are you attached to, if anything? What do you feel that you need to be happy? These are questions you could ask yourself. In my last podcast, I mentioned to enjoy processes no matter what you do if you want to be happy. I don't know if it was the last podcast or two before this one. Because as soon as we desire a specific outcome, we become attached to gain and loss. So really take the time to look at what you want, what you think you want, and all the objects that you find attachments to. And you could begin, if if this even sounds a little foreign, just begin to check in with your likes and dislikes. Because likes and dislikes are actually what we call diseases of the mind. They create imbalance. And once they're removed, the mind becomes crystal clear. Your habits of desire are crystal clear and you get to see what you're all about just by looking at your likes and dislikes. So if we remove that and just accept likes and dislikes, but just accept it as you're watching uh, a movie, for example, and don't have that feeling of like and dislike, you'll really create a lot of happiness for yourself. Easier said, of course, than done, all of these, okay? Number four, be present, live in the now, not yesterday and not tomorrow. When we live yesterday, we may create regret. When we live tomorrow, we may develop worry and anxiety. By living in the present, we're able to develop a deep connection to ourselves, which manifests into happiness. Again, try being mindful of every action that you take. You're moving from the place of deep within yourself when you're mindful. People say just be mindful, but really what is this mindful? It's really getting in touch with your essence. That's you're, you're the viewer of your thoughts, speech, and action and even your senses. You're able to view it rather than become a participant of it. You're stepping back. And that's what's meant by living to the fullest, living our, who we really are. So be present is number four. Number five, step back from yourself and become the viewer of your mind, body, and actions. That's almost like I just said, being in the present. This is when we enter our true essence. We become the user of our body as well as our mind without identification. When we purify our mind, we can see the underlying energy currents that flow under the conscious mind. And the result is total relaxation. You're in a relaxed state of being. As I say in the resilience training, we're established in our being. So stepping back from yourself and becoming the viewer of your mind, body, and actions is also part of being present. And number six, don't avoid difficult situations. Again, this is easier said than done. Examine your attitudes. Practice being a yes person and not a no person. Be open to possibilities. Even try something that you may not particularly find easy. You know, we have a tendency to associate with only the things that are pleasant to us and satisfying. And one of the greatest practices is to accept what is offered to you without wanting something else. 
it's enough, you know, and that's a tough one too. Again, difficult. But if we dive into the emotional turbulence of certain situations, we we dive into those emotional, I should say it this way, if we dive into our emotional turbulent situations, you know, ones that are difficult to deal with, that can become a whole practice. I was once told a story of a group of monks that would leave their ashram per once a week and go down to a bar and get into a brawl, a purposeful brawl, you know, and you might think, gee, what were they doing? That's what I thought. Why would they be doing that? But they did that to test themselves, how fast they could bounce back from that and get themselves. How long can they be or even removed during the brawl? They create it, they remove themselves from it, and then how long does it take them to come back into balance? So how long would it take you? How long do we hold on to difficult situations? And what makes them difficult? Well, it's usually our ego, and that's something to contemplate, okay? So that, that story really shed light on something for me. If I'm in a difficult situation, how long, once I leave that situation, am I still carrying on the dialogue? Well, I should have said this, I should have done that. How could they have done that to me? Why did they do that? Why aren't they a better person? Any of that kind of dialogue. So that was a fun practice. I learned that about a year ago, and I said, oh, I'm going to not create a brawl, of course but create something where I'm in a, with a difficult person, how long will it take me to let go of that dialogue that may have had the potential of disturbing me? And sometimes it does. And how long, if it does disturb, how long does it take to get back out of that disturbance? So don't avoid difficult situations if you can help yourself and it'll help to train the mind to be reprogrammed. And the seventh, before reacting to difficult people, put yourself in their shoes and try to understand the reason for their behavior. One of the real deep trainings in any kind of uh, real yoga training, and I call yoga science, and the deep, the trainings of really understanding who you are is really understanding, once you understand who you are, uh, you then don't react the same way to difficult people. And this is the ultimate in reprogramming thinking. If we're able to see where people are, where they're suffering, and mostly everyone is suffering since they don't know themselves, you, you want to identify with something other than who they are, but you want to really look at, you want to look at who they are, but also see the layer of suffering that's causing the behavior. And again, knowing yourself allows you the ability to see others for who they are, despite their habits. And believe me, we all have habits that other people could have issues with because that reflects something within themselves that has nothing to do with us. But really understand where our habits come from as the same place where their habits come from. And we could also see how those habits are formulated and it's usually to protect their ego. It's the self-identity. Like if, if I let go of that habit, what if someone really knows who I am or sees me for who I am? So an example would be if someone, it's a very simple example, if someone is in a hurry and cuts in front of you in line, how do you react or do you really respond or do you even just allow it to be? I remember at times when a good friend of mine and I used to drive up north, we'd go into, you know, for hiking on a Saturday. And if we'd encounter some speeder on who would inevitably cut right in front of us, possibly causing, could causing an accident. I mean, one of the real heavy duders cut in, cut out, and we've all seen it. His response was always, he used to say to me, oh, must be going for some brain surgery, a surgeon going to brain surgery. And, you know, it really made light of something like that because our reactions are purely, in most cases, automatic. And 
when we learn to access our being or our essence, we are relaxed. We can remain calm, as I always say, consciously aware, living in the moment. So if we look at that and we look at, well, if somebody's speeding, we really don't know their story and why they're doing that. And I'm using speeding because it's really easy to deal with, not some other things that people may do that may be a little bit more challenging for us to overlook. We can choose to respond or react. And when we can choose that, we're in control of our life. We're in control of our own mind. And when we master our mind, we master our life. The mind's energy is the essence of life. And all our training is really about whether I train in eating and diet and nutrition or talk about meditation and its practices, breathing, relaxation. It's all to really become aware of the mind field, learning how to collect contain and concentrate the actual energy of the mind because that is really what dictates the type of life that you're going to leave. We can practice just one of these and see how our life begins to change. And when we change our focus and we bring it inside of ourselves, we bring it back home, our results in life change also. As I always say, do your research, see what works for you. And that brings us to the end of this episode. And if you'd like to be notified weekly for new podcasts, please subscribe. The Susan Taylor Podcast is available on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Again, please send your contributions on topics you may want to hear to susantaylor.org. And I'd be more than happy to provide uh, any kind of feedback for that if it's feedback or actually present a new podcast topic for you. And again, thanks for listening. It does come out. Our podcast does come out every week. And again, send questions over. Until next time, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment.